You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We're going to jump right into our show. And NBA fans, I don't know if y'all were watching any games like yesterday, but Joel... MB got bodied, bodied by Cat. Bodied, okay? And so for the Philly fans on the show, I mean, y'all seen it. How, I mean, how do y'all feel about this? Like, um, this is y'all MVP. Listen, I'm gonna be an apologist right now. Let's just be, let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's talk about this. My man does not have his legs back. He's, he's missed about three weeks of basketball. So it's expected. He's trying to close out at the three-point line at seven foot, probably 300 pounds. So he made a bad decision, and he paid for that decision. So I'm happy that it woke him up. Um, but let's let let's let's not let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. This guy got the W, and we got the win. So that's all that count. But for the record, it was nasty. He banged on me. Yeah, I mean, you know, my thing is all great centers, all great five men all great shot blockers get banged on the Kimmy got dunked on by MJ now granted cat ain't MJ um Dwight got banged on by CP3 and Kobe uh Pau Gasol got murdered by Blake it, it was Embiid it, it, it was time for Embiid Embiid has met has some close misses Jason Tatum almost caught him a couple of times Jalen Brown almost caught him a couple of times um Russell Westbrook tried to get him good thing for cat you know get your respect back you know because currently in the relationship um, Joel Embiid has been treating him like a rag doll. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. He got banged on. He got banged on. Welcome to Embiid. Um, you got banged on. That's it. Simple as that. And you got mad. And the funny part was when Cat pushed him mad. out of the way, he fell on the floor and he left him on the floor. But Embiid was such a kind guy when he held him up, he picked him up and said, Are you okay? Cat was about that. Cat was about that life. He was taking it seriously. So, Kat, congratulations. Y'all lost the game, but you know what? That's hard. When you come to New York, the Knicks, things will be better. I mean, you know, when you're a basketball fan, like, you you see enough of these things. And what got it for me, outside of the dunk, the dunk was nasty. And I laughed because, you know, my co-hosts are, are Philly fans. But when that ball bounced off his head, when MB looked like he was nailed to the cross, I was like, this is bad man but shout out to Embiid man he he has had a hell of a season you have to acknowledge he was out for a couple of weeks so it's not you know it's not anything to to really really go hard about but I mean I, I have a few memes that that I'll be using with that photo though um but yeah that was definitely an entertaining to see I'm glad it was Cat and not Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards would have been so much nastier. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that would that would have been that would have been bad. All and, right. And hopefully, it sparked another rivalry between them because it was getting dead. Like Cat. It Kat, was. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy because now and B he got to wake up. Like Cat, 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 still coming for you, bro. For real. For real. All right, so let's move on and talk a little bit about the NCAA. So as we know, Coach Roy, um, UNC longtime head coach, men's basketball, 
he announced his retirement this week. Um, and one of the things, one of the things that he said that I think kind of sticks with a lot of people was that he determined that he is no longer the best man for the job. So I kind of want my guys to reflect more so um, on his career. He spent multiple seasons with Kansas as well as UNC. Um, I believe he won like four national championships, uh, went to the final four a bunch of times. So um, how do you guys feel about Roy and his retirement? Roy's going to go down as an all-time great. You know, um, it's better to go out with your respect than be thrown out, right? So I think for Roy, I don't think, I think Roy in his heart of hearts is a guy who likes to develop players. I, I don't think Roy loves his one-and-done type of situation. Mm-hmm. So, um I mean, shout out to Roy. He's done a great, had a great career. Uh, he will be missed. I'm interested and excited to see who they bring in to be the next coach. I, I, I'll be interested to see if they bring, if they call Jerry Stackhouse. Ooh. Roy Williams. Um, it was time. It was time. So I, I feel like uh, I don't feel like he retired. I feel like they kind of like lean towards. Like, like, you know, how you tell somebody something, you know, but you don't tell them at the same time that it was about that time for you to move on. North Carolina, man, has been a failure in the last couple seasons, man. Um, and the right was on the wall for Roy Williams. I respect his career. I respect him as a coach. He's done a lot of good things in the game, but it was time because basketball is a lot better when North Carolina is competing at a high level and when North Carolina is playing in, Sweet 16s and Final Fours and things like that. That's when basketball is at its top level. So I don't know if he wasn't getting the recruits. I don't know what it was, but I'm glad they made a change because you know I'm not a North Carolina fan per se, but I but I do appreciate them and I respect the uh, prestige of, of the university. And I'm looking forward to them to make a good hire so college basketball will still stay afloat. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you all. The sentiments the gentleman um, has stated so far that Roy Williams is a he's he's he is one of the all-time greats of coaching and it takes a bigger person to say you know what let me step aside um whether it was advice to him but to actually acknowledge to step aside because he's getting up in age and and he did win you know during the um, the last time he won was 2017 um but the lot not of the competition now is not only the nba it is playing kids playing overseas but now the g league and like, you know, the G League, you know, Redemption 17, 2017 Redemption team. But now the competition is much more fierce. Kids don't have to come straight to college no more. They could go overseas like Lamar, LaMelo Le- uh, Ball did. They could go in the G League. Now the G League have a special high prospect team, you know. So it's, it's going to be harder. You know, it's going to be much harder. And we've seen this in the NCAA tournament where all these lower bracket seeds are are winning and, and, and they're doing their thing because the competition is not that separate as it was before. So congratulations, Roy Williams. You lived your best life. And I know you're not going to be dis- forgotten from North Carolina. You actually literally helped them continue the legacy after Dean, you know, so, you know, you, you, you repaired that image and it's still a, a top um, school, one of the top colleges. So congratulations on your retirement. Enjoy. You did what you had to do. And you'll be one of the all-time greats. 
And I always believe you separate yourself from Dean because you have your own legacy and Dean has his legacy and they're both united under North Carolina Tar Heel. Yeah. And, and I agree with everything, um, you know, that the guy said, um, one of the things that wasn't mentioned that I really enjoyed about him as a coach, not only was he an amazing coach and, you know, he had the accolades and, and things to back it up, but he was so vested in his players. Like a lot of the times when his players went to the league, guess who was in the stands rooting, cheering them on. So it wasn't just, I'm your coach. Like he had long lasting, you know, developmental relationships with his players. As a matter of fact, he was at Kobe White's game. Was it yesterday or a couple of days ago? Um, So I really respect a man like that. Like he's, he's a a great person. on the court, off the court, well-respected, you know, MJ gave a really nice um, tribute to him. And um, I like people that go out on top and it takes a real man to say, I am not the best man for the job. Let me step away. A A lot of men in sports don't know how to do that because everyone think they're the man forever. Right. So um, I, I mean, I have nothing bad to say. I, I wish him the best. And um, I hope his retirement is just as successful as um, his career was. All right. Um, sticking under the NCAA umbrella, last night we had our final four games. We had Baylor versus Houston, and we had Gonzaga versus UCLA. And um, guys, what did you think about the games last night? Well, I didn't see all the Houston game. I, I thought I really thought it was going to be more of a dogfight between Houston and Baylor. So I was surprised when I seen twenty point win um, in that game for Baylor. But I got to, I have to give UCLA their props, man. Honestly, I thought they was going to get blown out the water. You know, not not just me. A lot of people thought that. I felt like uh, Gonzaga might have three or four pros on the team. UCLA, I might see one. Um, I didn't think the matchups would be favorable for UCLA. I, I feel like them being 11 seed first four in, I felt like they were one of those teams um, that was going to be out probably the second round. So these guys had a Cinderella run. They played probably the best basketball game, definitely best college basketball game I've seen since probably that Villanova um, North Carolina game um, back when in the finals when he hit that last, Chris Jenkins hit that last shot. But that game was excellent. It was a hard fought. It was a hard fought game. It it was like nobody ever had more than a five point, maybe six point lead. It was going back and forth, and it was just so surprising, man. And I really loved it from start to finish, man. I wanted Gonzaga to smack them, but it didn't happen. And they gave us, you know, it should the game should have went to double a second overtime, but it was it was one on the last second shot in overtime, which was crazy. Beautiful game. Yeah, I have to agree. You know, I thought I thought Houston and everybody bracket on this planet, unless you went to Gonzaga uh, or uh, or um, Baylor, your bracket is done, okay? <laughs> so your bracket was done. And so I have to say that the Baylor and um, Baylor versus Houston, I actually thought Houston, you know, um, will come out of that for some reason because they've seen that tough, greedy, not gonna give up, but Baylor made <laughs> made easy pay with them. So I'm like, okay. 
So that was something. And um, I thought the toughest team Gonzalo was going to fit, was going to um, face, would have been UCA, USC because they're a tall, lanky team. And I think the shortest person there is probably like 6'6". Six, six. Everyone is like 6'10", 7 foot. And so a long, lanky team. And Gonzalo, you know, did their thing, got through with them with ease. But that game against UCLA, UCLA, do not hang your head. You 11th seed. You beat BYU. You beat uh, Christian Bell, Christian uh, Bella Christiana, which was a Cinderella team, quote unquote. Then you went to beat Alabama, and then you destroy. Then you beat barely beat Michigan. And it, it, dude, this game was wire to wire. Don't hang your heads. Keep your head up because you, you, Gonzaga had to win on a miracle shot. That's the only way they could have beat y'all. A miracle shot. So to me, you are, you, you know, you're, it's not too often we celebrate um, third or fourth fiddle, but you, literally y'all did what y'all could do and all y'all could do. A miracle shot had to beat y'all. So keep your head up. So to me, Gonzaga and um, Bela is going to be interesting to see who's going to win that game. So that was the most exciting game I've seen. UCLA versus Gonzaga. That was crazy that was crazy yeah you know um just a great just a great basketball i didn't watch the houston baylor game um but i did get a chance to catch up on the gonzaga um ucla game and just great basketball i mean as kelvin alluded to just a great shot uh you just love to see that type of competition and this, this is what marsh madness is all about um, with that being said, um, I'm excited, as Phil said, to see the national championship. And I'm excited to get my prediction when it's time. So, I mean, great games. Well, great second game. The, the first game was a blowout, so I, I feel like there's not much to talk about there. And I liked all of y'all analysis, but forget all that. Let's talk about the black boy joy. Jalen Suggs hitting that final shot. Man, listen, I mean, that, I mean, black man magic, that, that's all I could say. I was just hyped. That game was amazing. Um, I, I will say I agree with Phil, though. You got to give UCLA their respect. They came out, they fought, they fought till the very end. I mean, it took a miracle shot almost, you know, what Paul George would call a bad shot um, to win the game. But, man that that was just some some really excellent basketball now i can only speak for kelvin and i in, in this group but we have gonzaga winning it all right and so my question for phil and evan you know since only me and kelvin were kind of right from the beginning um who do y'all have in this baylor um gonzaga final i'm gonna say I'm going to just say Bela for one simple reason. Gonzaga might be tired. They had to win a miracle shot. And, and that takes a toll out of you to, 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 to fight. They had to have to fight with UCLA just to get to the finals. You know, um, they made easy work with Stanford. Nope, sorry. I'm just going to look at the different bracket. They made easy work with the previous team they had to play. But Houston. Houston. Cougars. Yeah. So, so I... I'm thinking, I'm thinking that 
Gonzaga magic has has worn out. <laughs> That's it. So these I guys think, are like nineteen, Phil. Like, I know, but yeah, they're young. <laughs> but come on, you to 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 win on a miracle shot. They, they it was a, literally the time expired, the ball went up, and UCLA had them beat. Had them beat. That could take a mental drain. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna and plus I don't have neither one of the teams in my finals. So so <laughs> why not? I hate to agree with Phil, but I, I well, I'm not agreeing with Phil on the basis of that the magic is right now. I'm agreeing with Phil because since the NCAA tournament, not NAT NIT, but since the NCAA tournament, if I'm if my memory serves me correctly, I think it is, no undefeated team who's won who hasn't lost all year has ever won the national championship. Mm. So I'm just going on that stat more than uh, actual analysis. Yeah, I could be all that wrong, and it'd be great to see an undefeated team go undefeated, especially in the midst of COVID nineteen. That's a, that'd be you know just you create your story. Yeah, but I'm uh, looking forward to a great national championship game, and um, and the best team win. But I'm picking Baylor. When you said that, um, and and I agree, I don't think that has ever happened. Like there hasn't been an undefeated team to win it all. My heart sank for Tom Brady. Tom Brady, we will never forget <laughs> how your team was undefeated until the Giants beat you. Um, yeah, so let's see. We we have half of the team going for Gonzaga, and we have the other half going for Baylor. So we will see who gets the last laugh tomorrow. Yeah, I Let us. I, huh? I didn't. I wanted to be. I because I, I picked uh, Gonzaga first, but honestly. Baylor is very tough, but I just want to kind of get back with Phil point. I do think, Phil, I think it's the opposite for me um, to what you were saying. I feel like this is the first time Gonzaga actually got battle tested. And when you go into a game um, and you just play like the toughest basketball compared to a team that just blew somebody else out, some a lot of times one team is on a higher level because they were they were the game was harder. You know what I'm saying? So now if you go from an easy game that you won by 20, you know, you got to still go, you got to still catch up to the level of play that the other team just played. They went through a war. You just went through a slaughter. You didn't go through a war. So it's a little bit different. So that's why I feel like Gonzaga might have a little of the edge, even though they did play an overtime game, um, which is like almost another quarter almost. Not, you know what I'm saying? So I do think Gonzaga has the edge because they had a better competitive way to get there. But yeah. both points is fair. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And honestly, if either team won, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? Like, you know, they're like, they're both solid. All right, so let us go into our next segment that we're gonna call cap or no cap. And basically we wanna have a little conversation of the battle of bad calls. So um, if you, if our listeners follow ladies um, NCAA um, tournament play, Baylor and the Lady Huskies, UConn, um, played this week. Um, there was a highly controversial call um, at the end of the game where people thought it should have been a foul. Um, and we want to compare that and see whether that was worse to the Saints-Rams playoff game where it was a clear, clear pass interference that wasn't called. 
Um, so first, I want the guys' thoughts on that call, that final call in the ladies' game. Like, do you think it should have been a foul or not? And then compare it to the Saints and Rams. So I would say from a basketball perspective, you can tell that that foul affected the shot. It's one thing if she was able to get off glass or something. I mean, she wasn't even able to really follow through clean. So I think it was an egregious missed call at that juncture in the game, uh, NCAA tournament game. Um, because I've seen worse calls called in, in the guts of a game. Uh, Phil Phil would say he'd be wrong. He would say that uh, that when the Sixers played the Knicks, the push in the back of called on uh, your boy was was more mm-hmm. egregious. But I think I think that was enough. You that's what I'm saying. That that's a foul call. So I I, I don't like the non call. Uh, we compare with um, the Saints Rams game. I mean, the Saints Frank game was really bad. I mean, it was really, really bad because he it was just a blatant call that wasn't that wasn't called. Uh, and so I think on the level of intensity, the Saints game was worse. But I, I'm trying to rationalize it on the basis of is it because it's football versus basketball or what? But I think that it was just worse. Uh, but both were egregious. So let me ask you to just to clarify something real quick. So your position on the call in the ladies game is based a lot on when this non-call happened, like it being like the last play of the game versus it being like in the first quarter. Like you think because of where it happens. I think in the first quarter, they call that call. First half. They called the call. Mm-hmm. I think they chose to swallow the whistle because they didn't want to determine the outcome of the game. But I felt as if it had enough effect on the shot. Mm-hmm. Like there's some foul calls you don't got to call. Like we, we see it all the time in the NBA where mm-hmm. they'll wait till they miss it to make a call. Yeah. But um, with a contact on a follow through. If anyone plays basketball, if you if you if you're following through and you can't fully follow through the way you want, the ball it was an air ball. It wasn't it, was, it didn't go anywhere near the rim. Mm-hmm. To me, that should have been a foul. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. Was it a foul? Yes. Was it called? No. We can move on. That's what sports is about. We know generally in any basketball game, ref generally do not call in the last few seconds to determine the outcome of the game. If either if, either way, if they had call, great. They didn't call, great. So, like like our producer said, throughout the game, the rest were consistently with the non-call. There was a lot of pushing. There was a lot of things. But at the last second, I like the no-call. I like it. Let them determine and, 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 you know, let them determine the outcome of the game. Don't, you know, don't bail anybody out. So, I'm sorry, Baylor. I know you, you felt you were robbed. You feel cheated and so forth. But reality, if you look out throughout your whole season and how many games that the ref you know should have called but didn't and it went your way. If it went the other way, you would have been great. You would have been happy. So this is one of the situations you know basketball and all those ladies could play basketball. They've been in games and tournaments where the last second, you know, some last second with them or a friend, they seen the last second 
felt the ref should have called and didn't. And it was like, yo, that's a part of the game. It stinks it happened. Some of them seniors, they may never come back and so forth, but that's a part of the game, you know. So I'm good with the no call. I felt like it was terrible. I felt like, um, you know, Stevie Wonder can call that. I felt like it was horrible, horrendous. I didn't see the whole game. So I, I, so people that say, you know, um, they were consistent. Well, if you consistently bad like that, then you need another profession. Because that play alone, Evan talking about a follow through, bro, it was two people on her elbow. So she couldn't even shoot the ball. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, to not call that, you say, I don't want, I want you to, I don't want to affect the outcome of the game. You did affect the outcome of the game because your job is to call something that blatant. And that's the same thing for, I say, for the Saints. The Saints, it's even worse for me because it's an official that's positioned there at the point of, of the foul. So it's only two players there, right? So your job is not that hard. So it's two people there, and you see one pushing person got pushed down. That's just too obvious not to call. But they're both terrible. But on a level, because I guess I like football more, and I, and I maybe nothing, something it may something maybe more more on the lines than that football game. I will lean towards the Saints' uh, file as being more egregious. But that Baylor one, man, it, it's not a question for me. I mean, either way you want to look at it, it's a terrible no call. I have no, I have no skin in the game. I got no dog in the race. I I, I don't go for one team or another team. But when I seen the play, I was like, yo. If you consistently not calling fouls like this, then you shouldn't be roughing games because there's no way like you you really messed the outcome of the game up for missing a call like that. So I felt like that was terrible to miss that call. It reminds just... me of last year we had the MLK tournament. This oh. this ref was just swallowing the whistle. I mean, kids were getting knocked clean out. Kids were you know, the, one of the coaches was a father. He wanted to, he wanted to fight the ref because it was like, yo, what are you what are you, what are you not seeing here? Like the kid clearly got bowled over. This was like, and and, then, and I would even give y'all this. If you were going to the hole, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's hit or miss when you go into the hole because sometimes you can be initiating the contact. It's, 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 you know, it's to the discretion of the official. But shooting a pull-up jump shot, two, two huge people running at you, not with their hands up, with their hands forward. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not even a good position on the defensive, on the defensive side of the ball. You're supposed to have your hands up. You had both your hands on the elbow. I mean, I just feel like you missed that call. You're just not good at your job. I'm going to say that the Saints were more egregious. And I did say that no call for me thing because for a simple reason is that we had the refs were there. And I think that changed the rules. Everyone said after they missed, the ref missed that. And that was for, I know, I know both games was championship games. This was the elite of the elite more expectation with these refs because they're supposed to be trained and this is what they've done for not one day or five years or four years. This is what they're supposed to be trained for to find these things. And they're being paid at a high scale. So that to me, that's more egregious. So the, for me, that was more because that's basically the level of play and, and the expectation for their job. Like I said, for the girls, yes, there was a foul, but to me, it's part of the game. Yes, we've seen this happen many times before. Like you said, in the 76 versus the Knicks. We've seen this plenty of times before. We've seen this time and time again. Whether they call or don't call, it has happened before. Not what we've seen with the Saints. Jeremy, we've never seen that before. So I had the same gut reaction that Kelvin had just on watching 
you know, watching the replay, watching the play, like, in you know, in game time. And I was like, okay, that's bad. That's really bad. Like, they were on that girl. I think Evan made probably the cleanest argument where it affected her shot. Like, we're not talking about a player that wasn't killing it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, she's a shooter, right? And the fact that it wasn't anywhere near the rim, I was like, this is crazy. I was like, let me see, though, what was the tenor of the game, of that game. And those ref, Baylor was out there almost DDTing UConn, okay? And they didn't call a lot. So I do agree at the end of the game, you have to get it right. Like, that's just me personally. You have to get it right. But seeing what they missed throughout that whole game, I was like, well, I, I don't know how mad I could be at that point because Baylor got a lot of non-calls that benefited them that was not good. So as far as who's worse, I'll just say this. Having to look up the video again of the Saints and Rams boiled my blood. I was so disgusted. Okay. To me, that was probably like the most blatant non-call in the history of me watching football. I'm not saying in the history of the game ever, just of me watching football. I don't think I ever seen anything that bad. Um, so to me, it's not even close. I can live with the Baylor UConn non-call. I'm not saying I like it. I can live with it. But I still have PTSD from the Saints and Rams game. So it's not even close to me. Talking about the Rams and Saints, let's transition and end and this episode off. Um, talking about the NFL, as you know, the NFL approved a 17-game schedule. Um, that just adds one more game to the normal regular season play. And... Um, I wanted to know whether the guys was like cool with it. Are you guys on board? Are you guys against it? Like, why are we doing this? I'll just say this and, and I'll just start and let the guys do their thing. I don't like it. I don't like this 17 game module and I don't like it because that's just one extra game for the giants to lose. We need to keep it at 16. Okay where we can get whatever losses we're going to get in 16. Now you're going to give us a greater opportunity to fail. So I don't like it. This is Deanna. I'm with you on both points. <laughs> like uh, the Giants will lose another game. You know, so <laughs> shout out to that. <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, though, seriously, um, I feel like this is just greed in its highest form, man. Um, this is the most barbaric sport we got out here. Um, football, and it's tough enough to get through a 16-game schedule, you know. Um, besides the fact that, you you know, you had these these silly preseason games that you play. So, for me, watching them add additional game, it, it, it makes no sense. If it's, if it's not broke, you know, you, you don't have to fix it. And and they're obviously trying to make some more money. You know, another, another, another game means another – um, a rising of TV money, advertisement money, um, money at the gate, parking money. 
So it's just another way for the fans, I mean, for the uh, owners to get some more money in their pockets. And I don't respect it. I feel like it's unnecessary. And you're going to put your team at more risk um, at the most brutal sport that we have already. So as a fan, personally, as a fan, I love more more good, more good, football to watch. Uh, as a player, I would hate it. I mean, as, as Kevin alluded to, it's the worst, most barbaric sport that we had. Uh, maybe with the exception of rugby. But I think football is even worse because they run full speed. I mean, these athletes are specimens. Um, and so I would say we we can't allow the record books to forget the fact, because what's going to happen is certain records are going to be broken more easily because you're going to have another game of the season. So you cannot allow the, the record book to reflect, oh, clearly these players are better because or this, because, hey, they're getting this more, that more. It's kind of also like with the quarterbacks, like you compare my new quarterbacks to old quarterbacks. The game has changed. We're more of a passing league. We're less of a ground and pound league. So you have to put asterisks and understand that just because this individual player has these accolades or has these pinnacles reached, this history broken, it doesn't really mean they broke history. It's really a change in things happening. So, you know, you, you'll see more records being broken. Uh, but... Um, and as a fan, too, it makes us feel better. You know, every now and again, you know, you have a player get injured at a critical junction in the season. Now they can come, maybe come back a little bit earlier, uh, be back for the playoffs. But, you know, uh, great for fans, bad for players. I think it's a uh, – see, my understanding I was trying to verify this is that they, re- they remove one um, preseason game and added a regular season game, which is not too bad. But the whole goal and, and my little research is to actually go to 18 games. That's the goal, to move to 18 games. This is crazy. This is crazy. If they're going to do that, they have to guarantee every NFL player a pension, a retirement, health care automatically. You know, guys ain't going out there playing half games or all take it. This is their livelihood, so they're going to go all out. Helmets is not as safe as they were before. People still crying collided into each other as two cars and if you and we'll tell a little story i played um a, a football and when i was around 16 for a league and because my high school didn't have a team yes we went undefeated but it was up to 16 after 16 i had the choice to play with the 17 18 and 19 up to 21 year old that was the next level league so the coach was like hey go look at the guys practicing on the next level with your plan to go and you see, the NFL actually muffles the sound two men makes when they collide to each other. The guy was doing a punt return. And, the, and this is not how the punt return now. The guys were charging full speed. And guess what? It sounded like two cars. I thought two cars hit each other. I saw that. I said, I retire. I'm not playing no football after that season. We won undefeated. We won, but I was 16 years old and probably 130. The safety, free safety. And the next weight class, I was going to gain five more pounds. No. So I can't imagine these are grown men doing this. 230. These, you don't understand? These NFL players, they run like, they run like a, a hundred meters. <laughs> four, 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 five. And they're colliding each other. And you got to say, you know what? Let's do one more game. And one more game. So NFL, like Calvin said, greed. Um, as a fan, yeah. But how much better is it going to be the football if the guys are all hurt your team have a chance you know your team don't have a chance to make the playoff or if it were less one less game your team would have made the playoff so they could actually rest their players and be prepared so to me it's greed i hope they never go to no more than if 17 stop at 17 
don't go 18, but it looks like what they might do is add a two games, make an 18 game series to take off the two, um, the two preseason games. And, and, and these guys are more at risk. So we will see if a decline in um, parents saying, Hey, I want my kids playing football, a decline. People really want to participate. We'll see what happens at the end of this. Yeah. And I'm not going to repeat what you guys said. I agree. Um, you know, fans are going to love it. Players are going to hate it. The only thing I have to say is if a concussion was a game schedule, it would be this one. Watch and see how many injuries we have next season just by adding one more game. And so I, I just don't like it. I, I don't like it. Like, why are we fixing something that wasn't broken? That's all I have. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.